So on Sunday there, I was invited to my little niece's birthday. Uh, her birthday had taken place a couple of days beforehand, but that was the only day that people were free to gather and to avail of the Bouncy Castle. Uh, so that was great to catch up with my family and my little niece. And there, my, my, my sister had invited some of her friends to come over as well. So there was a gathering like of, of some young families. And it was great, all the little kids were running around and there were water guns and uh, plenty of high sugar drinks and lots of energy and life and that. And it was a warm day. So as soon as the burgers had been served and the barbecue was more or less done, I just looked around <laughs> and I looked around at all of these wonderful people, at all of these wonderful parents who were absolutely shot. <laughs> they, they were just exhausted. So everyone was kind of just sitting down on the chairs saying, yeah, run, run away, run, run along there, kids. Yeah, bounce away, bounce away. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, you severed a limb, it'll grow back. It'll be okay. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. And they were just exhausted, just wrecked, the parents, all of them. Uh, and you see how much each of those parents give for their kids and how much they, they serve and how much they love. One particular uh, friend of my sister's, uh, herself and her husband, they have a, one child who's diagnosed with some, um, has some condition. Uh, so it causes the, basically all of them, the muscles in the body to waste away. So um, he's seven, uh, but he, he can barely hold his own head up. Um, he has very, very, very limited muscular control. So if, if his arm falls down, he can't lift it up, but he can kind of move his hands on a table, more or less. Um, it also, also affects his swallow. Uh, so he can't, sometimes he can swallow on his own, sometimes he can't. So he's, he's peg-fed or liquidized food-fed, but then they have to be careful with that too, because if he's tired, he can actually choke. And those parents in particular were exhausted because he doesn't sleep well at night and they're just constantly, constantly on, you know. And it, it got me thinking, like, I mean, these are ordinary people. These are ordinary situations. These are situations like that are going on behind every house and every closed door you see in the country. Ordinary families with ordinary, maybe dare I say even extraordinary problems, but like just getting on with it every day. And there is so much... I don't want this to sound like a downer or to sound too heavy. We'll, 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 we'll bring it to a happy ending. But there is so much suffering in the world. There's so much suffering in ordinary families too. And even like when, amongst yourselves here, when you met each other initially or when you see people who you think have it all together, you might imagine, oh, look at this person. They look great. They, they, have a, you know, they, they, they look handsome or pretty. They have a degree. They have a job. They're married, whatever it is. Everything is sorted. Look at them. And then you get to know them and you discover that that's not the way it is at all. That they have their own struggles and addictions and wounds from the past and abandoned by a father or a mother or whoever it was. All sorts of stuff that you could never have guessed that people are carrying in their hearts. And this is unfortunately a large component of, of life that the, the cross is there, difficulties are there, adversity is there, loss is there, bereavement, bereavement, grief is there, illness, fear, all those kind of things are present. But, 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 and this is where we've got to be so convinced and, and so rooted in this truth as Christians that 
the cross is what, Jesus' cross, is what makes sense of it all. That offering that cross out of love, uniting that cross to his, is what gives all of this sense. Otherwise, what is the point? What's the point in even trying? Just, just, look, just, just go away to some island somewhere, live on Inishmore, right, on your own, and eventually you'll die. And then we'll all be grand. Not because you're dead, but because we'll all just do that. We'll all just, we'll all just go away somewhere, live on our own, and eventually life will end and we're done. <laughs> Why not? Because deep down we know there's something is a deeper meaning to all of this. Like that, that life is also life has also very very beautiful uh, moments and 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 more than moments. Hopefully years. Okay, uh, life has life is very very beautiful. Life is a gift as well. But the the the, the cross the cross is part of our lives, and we cannot say or we cannot argue that I will only be happy. When the, when the crosses are gone. If that is the case, we will never be happy. Whereas learning, learning to accept that there are going to be crosses in my life, there are going to be difficulties, but through the grace of God, I can overcome them all. The love of Christ urges me on, and I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Keep saying it. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And I can just keep saying it until you believe it. Keep saying it until you believe it. Otherwise, as I say, we will, we will not, not, not only be dodging the cross throughout our lives, we're actually going to be dodging life. Because life, life has crosses in it. But another aspect uh, of, our, of recognizing what the cross is and how the cross works is, yes, to recognize the greatness of God and, and through his grace I can do all things, but it also forms my heart. Nothing will teach me to love like the cross, like looking at these parents and how they've emptied themselves for love of their kids. Nothing will teach me to love like the cross. It's not when everything is going perfectly then that I can love and it's all, let's have a a Disney version of life where we can just skip our way through the poppy fields, hand in hand, singing Kumbaya, and a cross comes, oh, a cross comes, let's pray, and the cross is gone, and let's skip away. That's not life. That's not the way things work. Sometimes we have to <laughs> dig deep and hold on to the Lord in the storm. When I think of the Irish martyrs, the Irish martyrs, uh, or any martyrs, but let's focus today on the Irish martyrs since it's their feast. But to hold on to the faith, to be willing to risk absolutely everything when politically and historically there was objectively very, very, very little chance of you ever actually winning. In the sense that you hold on to the faith. But because, like, like the empire, the, and this isn't anything against English, it's just, it's just the history. I mean, and to be honest, I mean, I have the greatest of respect for English Catholics as well. I did a retreat there a couple of months ago up in Stonyhurst. English Catholics had an incredible amount of, of, of suffering to put up with, too. Obviously, they were next door to, to those who... Uh, violently disagreed with them so it's not this isn't an English Irish thing but but history is the way it is okay so uh, for the like small Irish farmers for small Irish Catholic communities or for like these these hidden Catholics holding on to their faith to what end like object if you look at it objectively to what end like the Irish the Ireland will eventually become uh, uh, its own kingdom its own democracy like what, what real hope was there? 
And generation after generation after generation after generation of oppression and oppression and oppression and prison and loss and being deported off to Australia or who knows what. You know what I mean? Like, it just, the human spirit, is like, or the, the, like the faith was simply incredible to hold on despite all those odds and to still persevere despite little chance of it, objectively speaking from a civil perspective, of it making any real difference. Uh, there's a story I've told before, and it's, just, it's, it's phenomenal, but it's, he's one of the uh, martyrs that we commemorate today. For the Morris, his, his surname, there's a couple of different versions of his surname, it's Kin, Kinrechten or Mackenrichty. You, you'll find both. For the Morris Mackenrichty. Uh, so he was here in, in Clonmel, and he was in a jail for about 12 months. Again, like you're a priest, you're, you're in jail for 12 months, and this is not a pleasant place. To, this is before human rights even, were even invented, right? So, like, as a prisoner, you had nothing. Twelve months in there. Should that have made him think about giving up? Not our Father Mars, no. So Father Mars was a very, very good and holy priest, and he loved his people. And a man named Victor White knew the governor of the jail, so Victor spoke to the governor and said, look, it's, uh, it's Easter, Here's a little brown envelope. Can you just turn a blind eye? Father Morrison, come visit my house, and we'll return him tomorrow. And the governor said, well, look, I think I might be absent from this time to this time, so he makes sure that he's absent. And Father Morris comes and celebrates, is about to celebrate Mass for the, uh, the White family, Victor White and his family. Thankfully, many other Catholics in the locality heard about it, so they all gathered at his house. The president of Munster, uh, John Norris, was passing through, went to visit the jail, and then the governor of the jail was terrified that John Norris would spot that Father Morris wasn't there. So the governor approaches the president of Munster, John Norris, and says, oh yes, I've, I've devised a cunning plan. I released Father Morris. All the Catholics will gather around him, and then we'll know who they are. So... A troop of soldiers were sent out to, the, uh, to Victor White's house. They surrounded the house and with great violence uh, broke into the house and tried to arrest anybody they could, looking especially for Father Morris. Father Morris had hidden in a heap of straw outside the house and even though the, the, the heap of straw had been piked and stabbed with swords, also injuring him, he didn't emit a groan, nothing. Uh, Victor was taken prisoner and the announcement was made that if Father Morris didn't turn himself in that Victor White would be hung, drawn and quartered. So Father Morris, duly good shepherd as he was, came forward and offered himself to the local authorities to save his friend, to save Victor. So, without much of a trial, Father Morris then was sentenced to death by hanging, drawing and quartering. So he was dragged by a horse to the gallows. He was hung when he was half dead. Then they actually prevented the, the quartering of his body and he died there. But his head then was placed on a pike outside Clanmel, outside the walls, and 
this, this, this book here, the Ireland's Loyalty to the Mass, uh, it's very beautifully written where it says, the head on the stake, instead of inspiring terror, only increased devotion. Day after day, the people gathered around it, and its mute lips spoke to them words of hope that kept alive in their souls the flame of devotion to the sacrifice of the Mass. His mute lips of his severed head spoke so eloquently. And see, this is the hope of our faith, that even in death, even in martyrdom, your life, your example, and most especially your love, continues to affect and influence people. This is like, the, the, we speak about martyrs centuries after their death. At the time, they may have seen little hope of anything really changing. Even when you look up Father Morris, actually, there's a, just on, did a little bit of research this morning. When you look up the 24 martyrs, we have images of what many of them look like due to maybe statues, carvings, paintings, whatever we have. Of Father Morris, there is nothing. Nothing. We have no idea what he looked like. So he died relatively anonymously, if you will. Him and many others like him. But it was their faith, the witness of their lives, the shedding of their blood that inspired so many Catholics to hold on to the faith. And then, around that time and for centuries afterwards, bring the faith to places like America and Australia and a lot of these, these locations which are now, well, have Catholic communities due to Irish missionaries. Just in, um, phenomenal faith, but paid for by their blood. We have such uh, examples of faith in our country here. Such wonderful examples of men and women who are willing to die for the Lord rather than have any comfort or reward or land or whatever was offered to them in order to, if they had renounced their faith. They set all that aside in order to stay faithful to Christ. And this is the faith that we carry on today. This is the same treasure now that's placed in our hands. That's why a place like Holy Family is so important. We don't shed our blood in the same way as martyrs did in the past. But we may experience ridicule. We may lose friends. We may be betrayed. We may be misunderstood. We may be the laughing stock of our staff room or factory floor. But in the same way that the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians... Any tear that we shed, any hidden sacrifice that we offer out of love, all of that is the seed of Christians. All of that produces, at least, at least makes that grace of faith available to people if they wish. And as always, if and when people will be struck down with some sort of a cross or difficulty, where will they go? Who will they come to? The person in the staff room who prays. The friend who actually goes to Mass. That's the person they'll go to. So, whatever we are asked, whatever circumstances we have to go through that are, that are difficult or saddening or any like, small, small daily martyrdoms that we may have to go through, my goodness, they're so worth it. All of these things, unite to the cross of Christ, bring about the grace needed for conversion. And my prayer is, as we look at our martyrs today, our Irish martyrs, that that faith can be stoked up in Ireland again. And that, that I don't want to call it Irish stubbornness, because that's there too. That, that, that works both ways. But that Irish resilience, 
that Irish uh, courage, that that can once again be stoked up. That we can once again discover what it means to follow Christ and to be willing to give everything for love of him. And may our Irish martyrs in heaven pray for us today and intercede for us that this can once again be a nation full of people who love the Lord, who know him and who serve him.